1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we start the move from the international break back to the domestic stuff. Stephen Naismith is backing Hearts ticket stance ahead of the visit of Celtic on Sunday. He's also tipping Craig Gordon to be on the plane to Germany in the summer as he nears his return from injury. And Philippe Clement has one more Rangers training session before we see his team for the first time against Hibs on Saturday. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight it is Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson. We're always desperate, Gordon, to get back into league action after a, an international break. An international break that has proved good in one way for us but not so good in recent results. But I'm sure we'll go over that with a qualification for Germany. But extra interest ahead of this weekend, obviously, Philippe Clement. In at Ibrox where a tough test at home to Hibs and Celtic away to Hearts. Always a cracker comes Sunday. What good fixtures in between as well to look forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to domestic football coming back up and down Scotland. The leagues, um, you know, you look at all eyes will probably be in Saturday and being Ibrox, new manager, um, to see what he's going to bring to the party. Great game at Tyne Castle on the Sunday, but plenty of other entertaining football in between that. Come on then, 01419511025, that is the number you need, so please give us a call right now. Maybe this part of International Week, if you can call it that, does get a little bit quiet. We're starting to get over the international football, and it's a fraction early to get right stuck into the pre-match discussions ahead of the weekend, but I'm sure we could give it a real good go with your help. So 01419511025. Uh, Stephen Naismith was on press duty today so we can hear from him ahead of the visit of Celtic. He was talking about the number of tickets that are given to Celtic fans. I know that's something uh, that many of you have been feeling strongly about. What about Craig Gordon's chances of making the Euros? Liam Kelly and Xander Clark got their debuts, didn't they, the other night in France. Will Craig Gordon make a late run and oust one of them uh, from the squad? Uh, and Rangers fans, what are you thinking then? What are you looking for this Weekend. What is the first thing, what are the main priorities that you hope Philippe Clement has managed to implement within a week or less than a week? I'm sure even the most impatient of the football fans out there would accept you're not going to see everything change in five, six days, but what would you expect to see happen differently? Maybe different personnel, some sort of different way of going about things, anything at all. How do you look forward to his first game in charge. Give us a call right now, please. 01419511025. And don't forget, everyone who does make a call to the panel tonight goes into the hat for a pair of tickets to the Air Racecourses Bookmakers Race Day on Saturday the 4th of November. So that to me seems like a bit of a win-win. You just call up your old pals, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL, talk football for a little bit, and you might get a good day out at Air Races on us, it's got seven jumps races there's hours of live entertainment all happening there, you can find out more at airracecourse.co.uk but even better, like I say, call up chat football with us and potentially win tickets to the races, that is a win-win situation so 0141 951 and anyway, you're back together mm. how does it feel? you've been ripped apart on a Tuesday night you were in here with Andy Halliday Mark Wilson, he's still not telling Andy. us what yeah, where he's got a new job. We're all we're all holding on. He's, a, he's a mystery man. Uh, it'll be revealed in due course, but you know what? I was disgusted 
see after the neuro I was in I turned on the radio in the car and he was just giggling at everything Andy said I was embarrassed jealous? Uh, well I wasn't jealous I was more just embarrassed for him oh, but that's what somebody uh, who was jealous would and say and by the exactly. time I got home and I switched on the TV and I ugh, give it all over him wouldn't you I like Andy I've got a lot of time for him good head of hair uh, I've got to show that Andy. <laughs> I like his wife. Um, if Andy's listening or watching, but, he but didn't say that you know before you were put together. Do you know what? I've, I've noticed one thing, and I've got to say, honestly, I've worked with Mark for a, a, a few years now, and I seem to be better than other company. Think he yeah. drags you down? He drags me down a little bit. And that's another thing. <laughs> right, he comes back, he sits his backside down there, he gets intro. He's a part-timer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've, I've taught him everything he What knows. about the level of preparation Halliday puts in compared to him? What, exactly. about, the, what about the notes I heard that. Halliday produces? I heard they had the, what, what they have he written sits in? in the office and just scribbles away oh, for ages before we come in. And Maybe he shot him. And I'll tell Must, you what, is it no, no, football he's, related? He's not getting a zero at beat the pundit. That's true as well. I know, that's oh. the way I signed I off do, as well with a zero. I do sense a bit of friction between see, you two. You can see in his hair, it's all working. Oh, the, knowledge. Thing, <laughs> the knowledge. <laughs> the knowledge has <laughs> grown his hair. He's been to Turkey. He's so you two, you're going to be all right being back to one we'll night see, a week we'll together? See. We'll, ah, we'll see. We'll see how we... we look forward to Is that a regular thing, him and Andy on a Tuesday? No, that's TBC. Ah, the fans are. The fans are. That's TBC. I don't know if it's working. I'm not sure it's working. You need to up your game on <laughs> so seriously, we're still not allowed to tell anyone where no, you're, no, where you're off to. No, no, wraps just now, you know. Because there was a bit of suspense last week. Because when you told us you were getting a new job, Rangers were still looking for a new manager. <laughs> I just right? missed it. So we've had no that. One. We've had that answered. However, it, it, it's still known that Philippe Clement's looking for a local member of his coaching team. Maybe it's this guy. Can't get any more local to where I live. Maybe, uh, maybe the training grounds. So I don't think the Rangers manager wants relegated to the. <laughs> The Highland Leagues as Mark's Had record to show in the past. Record, but I'm really excited for his new venture. Uh, I still don't know, and people have asked me, I've no idea where he's going. You do, because we spoke about <laughs> it in the office. <laughs> see, see that radio play did there. Brilliant. Uh, no, 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 listen, I'll tell you he's next week. I'll tell you he's. <sighs> okay, well, it's good to have you both Thank back you. together on a, on a Thursday. It, it truly is. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. And don't forget, everybody who comes on and makes a point to the panel goes into the hat for tickets to air races. That, to me, is a win-win scenario. So please do it. And it's like the same plea every Thursday. The more you call, the less we need to listen to these two. So you're really doing a, a service to everyone if you think about it. 01419511025 right now, if you can, please. Rangers fans, what are you expecting to see change already? Obviously, we won't see everything change. But what are you, what is realistic that you think can change by this weekend under Philippe Clement. Celtic fans, we'll hear from Stephen Naismith. How do you look forward to the trip to Tynecastle? Maybe you're one of the ones that used to go along to that away day, but now you can't because there's not as many tickets up for grabs. Get your thoughts in there. Uh, If you've still got hangover thoughts on Scotland and the Euros and all that sort of stuff, I suspect there will be a few hangovers out there. Uh, Again, same number, 01419511025. Always think the start, to the domestic campaign after this international break. I feel like the first international break's too early. You've not learned anything by the time that first one comes around. But by this one, there's no excuses really. Players should have settled in. Mm. We've seen enough. You know, we've not seen ev- we've not seen teams play everybody, but we're kind of nearly there. It feels like this is like the official end of the start of the season, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, we can't we can't say about players hitting the ground running. I think we can say maybe about a manager at the weekend hitting the ground sure. running. Um, you're right, Gordon. I think that the players are well and truly into the season. Um, they're up to speed. Um, I'll be looking for a big improvement from one or two in the the, the next quarter. Um, and I th- I'm sure a lot of managers will have used the international break wisely. I know that some of the bigger clubs would have lost you know, a few players, but there's other clubs there that had plenty of time to prepare, put things right, maybe just keep that confidence ticking over. Depends how you viewed getting into the international break. I think we're in for a lot of good football at the weekend and um, I'm really looking forward to it because there's some cracking matches in. Yeah, it's a time to reflect, I think, for clubs. I, I think most managers, most clubs will take it in segments this season. The first big international break is... Uh, you know, probably this one that they can sit back and and look at what's went right, what was went wrong. Of course, the Rangers board had to do that, had to assess internally what's went wrong and decided to make a change. Um, and and other teams will some will think we're punching above our weight here, we're doing better than expected, and some will think we need a real lift in this next quarter, like Daz says. So. It's the time to do it. The players have been in training. A lot of them would have been with their clubs um, rather than international duties, so they would have had plenty of time to prepare for their upcoming fixtures come Saturday and Sunday. Right, let's get stuck in with Callum, who's in Dumbarton. How's it going, Callum? Hi, not too bad, thanks. Uh, what are you thinking tonight then? You're a Rangers fan, so I guess a, a bit am, of excitement yes. when the, the, the games return on Saturday. Um, yeah, for probably first time this season, a wee bit of excitement. Um, look, really looking forward to the game. Uh, and hopefully see a different attitude for the the team because it's been sorely lacking. Um, and any sort of positivity among the, the players, they all looked. In my opinion, the players looked as if they didn't know what they were meant to be doing up to now in the season. Um, kind of a wee bit lost during the game. You were kind of watching them, and it's as if they were looking at each other, thinking, "What are we meant to be doing as a collective group? Never mind individually, you know." So. Hopefully I'll see that change and be a wee bit more desire, hopefully, trying to impress a new manager. So you think that's a realistic thing? Because obviously there's lots that you're not going to fix in six days, but you think that's something the fans going along have got every right to expect, a bit more a bit more intensity, a bit, a bit more commitment? I'll, I'll be honest and say I, I'd kind of lost quite a bit of faith in Michael Beale towards the, the end of his tenure there, but I think the least that a supporter wants to see is a wee bit of heart and desire, a bit of fight. Uh, the Aberdeen game in particular was just that just didn't resemble a, what I'm used to seeing as a Rangers team. You know, uh, everybody can have off days and play badly, but I think you should at least be able to show a wee bit of heart and desire. You know, what I mean, to try and turn the get the fans on your side if nothing else. You know what I mean? And that's been sorely lacking this season. Is that is that fair then? Is that is that a realistic expectation of a new manager? Yeah, I th- yeah. yeah, I think at any club it is um, coming in, but particularly Rangers. Who the fans pointed that out long before Michael Beale uh, lost his job that there seemed to be something missing there. And Cal mentioned heart, desire, attitude. I hate saying it, but uh, the last couple of games it looked that way, especially the one at home to Aberdeen, it looked like there was a lot missing. Michael Beale obviously had a certain way of playing. It just didn't fit the personnel he had at the club. So I think the Rangers fans will look forward to seeing what Clement brings in in terms of his style and how he assesses the players to fit into that. Maybe it will be a better fit and maybe you do get a, an instant reaction right away. But the system or the tactics of Beale when Michael Beale was in point just didn't seem to fit mm. the personnel he had at the club. 
Yeah, I mean, Callum, is it is it too soon to expect major tactical changes, or, or do you think that is something that, that maybe we see, you know, different formation, different way of going about things? I think it will need to happen, to be honest with you. Um, I thought at times we were too passive in games. Um, just basically, we were happy of the ball without really doing anything with it, which is what was a bit of a bugbear of mine over the last few months anyway, that we seem to be, we could have like 70-80% possession. Another team would maybe have one or two chances, and generally they were going to score by one of them, and we would struggle to break them down for having loads of the ball. So... Um, I think eventually it will need to change the way we play, but I think these players don't suddenly become bad players, you know what I mean? And I just think somewhere something's been lost between tactics, management, and, or, as I say, a wee bit of more effort for some of the players as well, I think, required as well, you know? It could be interesting, Gordon, to, mm. to sort of, you know, if you were a fly on the wall, Philippe Clement might explain some of it when he speaks to the press again tomorrow, in terms of, you know, what, what has he done in terms of a hands-on role this week? What has Alex Ray and Stephen Davis done? You know, how, how has it worked? How much is is it about kind of going in and ripping everything up, or how much is it about trying to just keep things slightly similar? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that's why Rangers fans are so excited to see what one what brand of football is going to bring. Um, is he going to make personnel changes? That'll be another one we'll all be looking at. Um, style of football because Rangers fans are crying out for some uh, good entertaining football they pay hard earned cash to go along and um, sit and watch their team and as much as winning is everything and let's be honest first and foremost three points but you like the little bit of icing on the cake with a good performance to come away and say I really enjoyed my game of football today I don't you know I look at it and everybody will be thinking oh the players will be really up for it the weekend to impress a new manager I hate that because at the end of the day they should be doing that every yeah. week under Michael Beale or whoever is manager of Rangers. It's not doesn't matter who's in the dugout. You've got duty to go out there and give your best as a team. So I think that where the difference might be this uh, weekend is I certainly think he's done his homework. We, d- we did see um, footage of that which, watching games coming over on the plane. He's probably looked at formation. He's looked at personnel. He'll have a lot of information at his disposal. I, I think there'll be... One or two, maybe even three sort of tweaks in the full package on Saturday. Uh, and then I think he'll just grow into the, the, the role and it'll be interesting to see what he brings. As much as I agree with Daz about the players should do it every week, I think we all know, everybody knows, as soon as a new boss comes into any profession, you know, the the level of performance suddenly lifts, no matter what you're doing. If you're doing a, a job in here and a new boss is here, then we might upper performance particularly in football <laughs> <laughs> particularly in football you just killed your argument I know, you? I know. Um, particularly in football though where players futures are on a knife edge they can be quickly cast aside and those Rangers players will know this that they have to be on top of their game individually to stay in this Rangers side or not even the side the squad because we know January's just around the corner a whole new regime comes in and quite quickly, you can find yourself out the club. So that's how you often get a, a reaction. But it will be interesting to see what his approach has been this week because I think that's always the danger when you bring in someone mid-season. Going from a Sunday appointment to a Saturday game, not a lot of time to put your ideas into place. And you don't want to then complicate things for the players mm. with a hundred different ideas in the head that they're 
they've never worked on Thank you to Callum He's in the hat for the tickets to Air Race Course So will Gareth be uh, when he, we bring him in right now Gareth, what are your thoughts then as a Rangers fan heading into the weekend? Good evening, you alright? All good here, all um, good Just getting back to uh, watching football again to be honest And after the national break and everything um, Just hope that we see some good football and and obviously see what the manager's going to bring in, what he's been doing through the week and getting sorted for the actual first game in charge. Um, I think also as well, I think uh, it'd be quite good if they brought Alex Lowry back from Hearts and recalled him, because I think he's playing a brilliant game for them. So I don't know if he'd just fit right into the squad or not, but just what the panel think about that. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one in the... In January, what do you think? Um, I would only look at bringing them back if I was going to really use them, Gordon. I think just now, I don't think that'll be in the manager's thoughts. I think he'll leave that to, you know, over the next uh, month or two. Um, he'll look at what he's got just now inside the building and they'll then assess every player uh, going forward. Lowry, yes, he's um, starting to show great for him at Hearts he's got great potential a lad but what the lad does need and let's be honest about it he's only get better because he's got some game time at that level first team level at a good club in front of a, a, a very very large support at Tynecastle and we know how difficult it is to play there so I think this loan mm. system just now for Lowry is doing him the world of good I think, I, I, unless I was going to play him I wouldn't I recall I think Stephen Naismith said he expects him to be a Hearts player for the season Mark yeah. um, you know what without being disrespectful to Lowry and he's, I think he's not he's been got starting potential. every game for Hearts either has he no he's got great potential but Rangers have got a bigger problem than I thought if they need Lowry back to make a big dent and that's with the greatest respect to the kid because he will be a top player one day but Daz is right if he's at Hearts he's at Hearts for a reason to get game time is the difference for playing with Hearts and, and playing sporadically with Hearts at that to get into a Rangers first team under a new manager so I think Philip come on he's got nothing to build in at the minute to try and get better results and performances out of Do you think Philippe Clement can get the best out of the guys that are there at the moment, Gareth. Before he looks about anyone else coming in. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think he'll um, get that from the players. To be honest, because I don't know if Michael Beale had lost the dressing room or lost the players playing from or whatever. But I think um, the new manager will, will will get that from them. I think. Just feels like there's one or two headline players, if you like, that have been getting a real tough rap. I think mm. the obvious one is. Serial Dessers has some very, uh, what's the word? I was going to say unfair, but maybe that, that's the wrong choice. But some very critical phrases aimed at him on this show. As an example, it would be really interesting to see if he, you know, was in there leading the line at the weekend. Let's be honest, Gordon. He's been poor. Uh, he's not scored enough goals. He's not shown enough in the game time that he's had. But new manager, new system. All of a sudden, you look and you think, oh, this could be a different player. I think there's a lot of work to be done there. There's nothing that I've seen so far that if Pet Guardiola walked into that building was going to change him. I hope it does change for a lad. Um, but he's got a second chance because I think he was slowly, you know, dying under Michael Beale. I don't think Michael Beale's football was suiting him. Um, if the fans had turned on him, this just might be another chance for him. But if he's going to get the other chance... He's got to start taking it. Let's be honest. We can't keep talking about this, you know, or you know, settling in. We've spoke about it at the top of the show tonight. 
The settling in honeymoon periods are finished. It's all about performing. Rangers fans are going along there to see that and Saturday. It would be a real show of faith, though, Mark. You've got the previous game where, where him and Lammers were left out. Then Rangers needed to make a sub, but they brought another kid on before yeah. putting on either of those two. Well, there's certainly ill feeling towards Dessers from the fans, but obviously, the you know when Alex was there and Steve Davis was there, they've overlooked him. Um, did Dessers play under come on at one period? Uh, no, they were both at the same club. I, I don't. I don't think they overlapped. I think it was like one season. Ah, okay. And then, I, I was so they'll, say, he'll be aware of him, that sort of thing. Yeah, he'll be aware of him. I, I would have thought I would have worked in his favour had they played um, at the same time at the same club. Look, you never know. It's early in, early enough into the season for him to recover. Now, what he needs is chances to fall his way and to put the chances away. You score goals, things are quickly forgotten about. Thank you, Gareth. Gareth's in the hat for your races as well. And if you want to join him, 01419511025. Celtic fans, you are looking forward to... It is always an eventful place to go, to Tynecastle, isn't it? Remember a year ago... We introduced VAR to the world on a televised game at Tynecastle. It could not have been busier. Well, it's the one-year anniversary. It's happy birthday, VAR. And we're going back to the scene of the crime, if you want to call it that. 01419511025. And we'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here. It's 01419511025. And everyone who makes a point to the panel goes into the hat for tickets to air races at the start of November. John is in Cumbernauld. How's it going, John? Everything's fine, lads. You're a Rangers fan, John. It's a new manager after the international break. We've been talking about, you know, realistically, what can you expect to see change by the weekend? What do you think? I think uh, the next five games is critical for Philip Clermont, especially the first game back is Hibs. I think we we really need to show something more the anger for the last manager could quite easily roll onto him as well. We've got the Europe game after that. I think after the embarrassment of the last result, we need to show something in that and then we've got a cup tie not too long away as well so we really need to win every single one of these matches in, in October and the beginning of November otherwise he could be in shaky ground to begin with Oh it's a heck of a start Gordon overall is well you don't need me to repeat it as such John's outlined it within the first I think it's six games there is the there are two games against Sparta Prague and the League Cup semi-final against Hearts they play Hearts in the league Hibs in the league, obviously. I think it's a Dundee game that's in there in the first six as yeah. well. So, um, massive, massive it's start. A, a, it's a tough start. Uh, there's there's nothing easy in that, um, you know, coming six fixtures. Um, but the positives is, if he gets off to a good start, especially at the weekend, it's important he gets off to a good start. Go and beat Hibs. And then look at the European games. But he's got a great chance of winning. Hmm. You know, coming in the, in the building within what, Couple of months, yep. one of the first domestic. Well, that's it. You, I'm not not arguing with you too much, but you said it's a tough start. He has to see it as a a big opportunity, surely, because like you know, it's not. It's a home game at Ibrox for a start. You know, game mm-hmm. once. You're not you're not having to go to to Tyne Castle or to Petardry or Teester Road or whatever. As you say, in terms of 
what history tells us over the last few years if Celtic are out of a competition certainly gives you a much bigger chance of, of winning it Mark so yeah. it, it's an important start but it it's there are opportunities there that sh- surely that has to be I, the way that honestly, he sees it I don't think it could have been better for him coming in because with those opportunities that you say in those big games the players automatically lift themselves as well you know and you know, well they should well they should but look if it's again not to be disrespectful if it's away to St Johnson or Dundee um, maybe there's not that glamour surrounding those fixtures where they're a semi-final against Hearts um, you're playing Hibs who carry their dangers and then the European games they're brilliant occasions to be involved in so for any manager and one get in looking for a lift from you you personally get in then I think it's a lot easier when you've got the game to match it if that makes sense so it's a, it's a big test and it'll be an opportunity for him maybe to, to try and implement one or two things that his beliefs. But I don't think he'll rip everything up right mm. away. Otherwise, you leave yourself majorly exposing. Perhaps some Rangers fans will, will argue against that and say, well, we need everything ripped up. And and who cares? We can't be any more exposed than what we were under Michael Beale. I just don't think he will. I think he'll just add bits bit by bit just over time have you got high hopes generally for this manager John was that an appointment you were excited by or or did you prefer someone else uh, for the people that were in the running at the last he was the one that I was hoping would get it he's a proven track winner in Belgium he's only really got kicked out of the last team because he lost a few big players and now has coming in that team only time will tell is tough to have a crystal ball to see what's going to happen at the end of, end of this season I'll, you can only hope against hope that this manager can get something these players that Michael Beale signed you, again in terms of the the fly in the wall stuff again you, you wonder what the what the process looks like for him with the best will in the world he's not going to he's not going to instantly know everything about Hibs but, but that that kind of reminds me of when Ange Postacoglu came, you know, on every press conference of the first couple of months, people were sort of saying, what do you know about Hearts and what do you know about Hibs? And he was very dismissive of that and he was probably right to be when you look at what he went on to achieve. So, I don't know, do we over-egg that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think he'll know enough about the opposition. There's no doubt he'll have done his homework in that. I think his full concentration away from that has got to be his own side. Now, I think probably a little bit of luck for him as well, uh, which will help. I think one or two of the injuries are starting to slowly but surely... Oh, definitely, yeah, it looks yeah, like it. Yeah, come back. It gives them a stronger squad. It gives them a bigger squad. gives them more options for, you know, certain formation that he's wanting to play. That's another thing I'm really looking forward to. Is he going to be... Because he was talking about he loves to play this attacking football, but every manager that's ever walked into a building, that's the first thing they'll say to get the fans on side and want to play attacking football. Um, but... I don't know if he's got to play the usual two wingers. He's got to play one off the striker. Is he going to go two strikers? You know, we don't know uh, how's he got to play from the back. Is he got to be the slow possession, keep the ball? Is it going to be getting balls forward early and supporting for middle of the park? I, I just think there's a lot of questions there that I don't think they'll all be answered at the weekend. I think that's impossible. And I think you've got to give the guy a bit of, a bit of space here and that. But over the coming months, that'll be the big questions that'll need need answered. But there's a lot of difficult... As much as they are good games, right, there's a lot of teams in there that right now, the way Rangers have been, 
We'd fancy, fancy taking something against Rangers. And you don't want to go off to that bad start. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. But keep going back then, I think you were right to point out, going, great opportunity. You've got Hearts in the semi-final and you can go and maybe lift the first trophy, but still a bit of work to be done. Well, you're never quite sure what to expect from Hibs, um, Mark, but yeah. they do certainly have a, an attacking threat that they will be confident of being able to go and take Tybrooks. Oh, without doubt. I mean, the, the front four, uh, probably as quick and as direct as any out there. Um, but the problem that Hibs have got is they, they don't turn up every week. But if you get Boyle on one side and you on the other, I mean, it's what every team dreams of. Direct, you know, out-and-out out pace that can stretch you. And it's never good for any fullback to play against that. So, um, Hibs will carry a threat. There's no doubt about it. I think if they look at the blueprint, the way Aberdeen set up a couple of weeks ago, then it certainly gives you the, the correct foundations. But I just believe it'll be a different Rangers side, personally. You know, individually, it'll be a different Rangers performance than we witnessed at Ibrox that day. Do you think we've seen any faces, John, that we've not really witnessed so far this season? Or is that is that difficult? Is it is it really going to be trying to get more out of the group that has played a lot? I would like to see, hopefully, Zach Lovelace and... People, a few people for the youth team chance because if, if you think about it the, the main problem we have had is in the defence and in the front so we need something to reignite the team something, some sort of vision there to go right I'm going to do something different to what the previous manager was doing but at the same time we've got Hibs Spartapag Hearts and then Hearts, Hearts again they're all big Team that mm-hmm. you would expose a threat otherwise, so could they actually play the players in the games or not? Uh, I mean, I must admit, I'm no physio, but Zach Lovelace will not surely shake off whatever that was yeah. that happened to him at, in Paisley. I think that's going to be a semi long term one, but there, I think there are going to be players coming back, so it would be interesting, Gordon. Um, we did see a bit of that from, from Stephen Davis and Alex Ray's mm-hmm. interim spell. I Zach Lovelace, obviously, um, but some other youngsters getting the chance. I think. Philippe Clement said he'd had some of the youth team training with them early on in the week. I think I think the Rangers supporters appreciated that more than anyone. Uh, Gordon, they like to see the young players come through. Jack Lovelace, I thought, you know, his time when he was on the pitch and unfortunately boy got an injury, I thought he looked really bright and sharp and I was very impressed with him, I've got to say. I think the manager will concentrate on this squad. I think he's getting his players back. He's getting first team players back into that squad he'll get his own ideas over there I think he'll settle everything down he'll try and get off to a good start and then I think you will then see the introduction of some of the younger players coming through some stage in his managing career I agree with that I think he'll stick with a squad of senior players if you want to call them that and give them a shot under him but I think the one thing's for sure if quite quickly into Philip Clement's managerial stint that those players keep making the same mistakes or keep showing the same um, drop in performance or lack of performance, if you like, then the young players will merit a shot at coming in and trying to transform the season. Thank you, John. We are going to hear from Stephen Naismith ahead of the visit of Celtic on Sunday. He's been talking ticket allocations, which I know is a subject that is very close to the hearts of our listeners. So if you've got any thoughts... Now is the time to pick up the phone and he talks about the game itself as well. So great time to call Celtic fans, Hearts fans. Do it right now while I tell you about this. Make me 
We've got a serious issue mm. on Make Me A Winner. Another day and again could not give the yeah, money but- away. Yesterday it went to five rings. Today it went straight to voicemail. I'm struggling to remember the last win on Make Me A Winner. Let's end the week on a high. Let's give someone life-changing cash in time for the weekend. It's up to £120,000. Unbelievable number. After 3pm tomorrow we make the next call, but you need to be in the draw. So text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025 takes are £2 plus your standard network rate you can enter at Clyde1.com and online entries are £2 as well or call 0330 and the calls are charged at a standard rate over 18s only and remember entries since David won on Wednesday the 11th of October are still in the draw so you do not need to re-enter all the other rules for this network competition are online and this is the important bit. This is the bit that we're not getting at the moment. If you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow, Friday the 20th of October, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away to win the £120,000. So go and text yes to 61025 for your chance to win. I hope you do. Good luck from us. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson and Gordon Dale reunited. They've been split up on a Tuesday night. Mark Wilson's got himself a new job. He won't tell us what it is, but he was away on Tuesday and he is back tonight. So please join in with the show on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Alec is in Renfrew. How's it going, Alec? Hi, Gordon. Mark Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. What's made you call tonight? Regarding the away support, Gordon, my mate helps run a bus. I don't think he's missed a game in years and years. I don't get to away games, but... They have been allocated no tickets for Sunday. Absolutely no tickets at all. So, which means that not only are they not going to get to the football, but the bus companies are losing out in business. There's just no travel. People just suddenly get out, go to the pub and what have you, meeting up in the bus and what have you. And then what even compounds the matter is that who makes these fixtures up? You used to get a home, away, home, away. Celtic's next two league games are away for home, which means we don't get to any of the football. Mm. I mean, I think that stuff is It can be for a number of reasons, obviously And, and every team's going to need to do that it's, it's never as simple as home away, home away, home away anymore mm. So let's talk about the tickets though Because I think that is an interesting one That's maybe a bit more um, bit more meat in it In terms of for us to discuss We'll hear from Stephen Naismith since Alec raises it He says the club hearts are correct to prioritise uh, home fans Ahead of the Celtic game But he says the league could benefit by introducing division-wide rules for away supporters. First and foremost, us as a club need to look after our fans. The following's growing and growing, and when we've got a fantastic stadium, why would we not want to pack out our own fans? There's maybe questions to be asked in the bigger picture, and a lot Scottish football can learn a lot for a lot of clubs in Europe. At this moment in time, the way the structure is, the way that everything is then, us as a club need to first look after ourselves. Everybody individually looks after ourselves. For the good of the game, for the good of the product, is there things we can do better? Across the board there is. A full crowd and two sets of fans there definitely gives it a, a better atmosphere, that's for sure. Um, but it goes back down to the, the structure and the makeup of the league. That This needs to be a collective, good for the game, good for everybody. You look at the, the German league in the past and what they've done with their ticket prices, that's a general league thing that they've done that makes it better for everybody. As a country, we need to get better at doing that and and sacrifice, maybe sacrificing a small portion to for the big benefit of everybody. Um, I take Alex's point on board, and if people can't get to games, that they're frustrated, and 
you know, thoughts to the bus companies that aren't making the money they used to and all that stuff, Gordon. But Stephen A. Smith saying Hearts are looking after themselves. They've cut Celtic's allocation from 1,200 to just under 600. Mm-hmm. And they're selling them to their own fans. What, what, how do you, what do you do about that? You can't argue that. I think, I think uh, you know, as much as Alec doesn't want to hear that answer, you can't argue with that. I think Stephen Naismith spoke brilliantly there. Um, I think he made some good points. The problem, I think, with Celtic fans and Rangers fans, and years gone by, Gordon, and you can argue the point that clubs relied on Celtic's away support. Clubs relied on Rangers' away support because it was a good payday for them. Um, you know, they packed out the stadiums. But times have moved on. You'll see the situation with Rangers and Celtic mm. just now as well. You know, the two of them are digging their heels in, and, and I think that ruins the game. But the argument is we have got to look after our own supporters, and every club say it. Now, Hearts, we mentioned that about when we are talking about Lowry, Hearts can pack out their stadium. Hearts now don't need Celtic to... You know, take up twelve thousand tickets to give them a good crowd. Hearts can pack 1200. out twelve hundred. Sorry, Hearts can pack out their own stadium without any away supports because obviously they've got a lot of season tickets. They're a club that's obviously growing. They've built the new main stand. The facilities are very good. People are interested and get along and support Hearts. I was joking about the fact that I went to Hibs in St Mirren. 15,000, 17,000. Did you mean 15, 17,000? Between 15, 17,000. We'll call it 16. No, I don't really. I can't remember if they're 15 or 17,000. Well, I do. You said 17. Okay, 17,000. And that was against St. Mirren. That's not even against any of the big two, any of the big two from Glasgow. Look, it's hard because there's guys there that that's their weekly, you know, they look forward to that. That's where they spend their money. They love to go and support their club. They like to say that they've followed their team up and down the country, paid their money, watched every game, been there so good, good good days and bad days. But unfortunately, times have changed and, and clubs like Hearts will always look after their own supporters. The same way as Celtic will look after their own supporters. That is the truth of the matter. Celtic and Rangers are hypocrites when it comes to this sort of stuff because they are the ones who are cutting each other's allocations. They started it between each other to 750, to 700, to then we're even hearing that no tickets may be offered to Rangers when they come to Celtic Park because it's all about looking after your own fan base because you can fill stands and that's a priority. So it can't be any different when they go to places like Tynecastle and expect a full stand mm. or 2,000 tickets. Listen, don't get me wrong, for the good of the game and the atmosphere of the game, I hope that one day we'll resort back to a large away crowd at each away ground because it makes for a better atmosphere, it makes for a better surroundings, I think, for the players on the pitch, they enjoy it better. But I don't think we're going to get there anytime soon. What do you think about that, Alec? Is it not, but is it not, whilst it's going to be frustrating from a Celtic angle, is it not sort of understandable if Hearts are just selling them to, to their own fans and managing to sell them? I totally understand that, Gordon. That's the part I, I try to make out that I do understand, mm-hmm. which means it's even more important that you should have a home game, away game, a home game and an away game. It's a calendar thing. I don't see how hard it is to have a home game and an away game. I really don't understand it. That's difficult I mean, when you've got all the other fixtures, though, to take into account yeah. in the same city. 
um, at the same time. And I, I could uh, I could be wrong. Please, so please genuinely tell me if I am because I've, I've never looked. But I can't imagine there's a league anywhere that consistently goes home away, home away, home away, and gets that every every other week. No, I, I can't imagine. No, that. I, I, no, I, I can't put up an um, argument with that. I mean, what, what do you make of the? I don't think we need to go down an argument about the old firm ticket allocation because we've done it a million times and we'll do it again but ticket allocations in general whether it is that, whether it's this listening to Stephen Naismith do you think there needs to be a sort of blanket rule from the league about a percentage or something because I've seen Hearts fans to be fair sort of biting back and saying what's your problem here because you're getting 576 tickets in a what is it an eighteen thousand seater stadium? When Hearts go to Celtic Park, they get seven hundred and sixty tickets for a sixty thousand seater stadium. So as a percentage, Celtic are getting uh, Celtic fans are getting more at Tyne Castle than Hearts fans would get at Celtic Park. Um, I think you know someone did someone mention the Bundesliga? I think did they not even used to do something like ten percent? You're yeah, not getting that. You're not yeah, getting ten percent of Celtic here's Park arrivals. But d- here's what uh, you could maybe argue against. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct here, but did. Hearts not give Hibs a good yeah, no, allocation H- because they, they want to they keep want to maintain the, the spirit of the derby, derby or the, the, uh, sorry the spectacle right, of so, the derby. So if you're a Celtic fan, you maybe be looking at that and thinking, oh, hold on a minute, you're just picking and choosing because you, you're you're selling to more Hibs fans. Not within your rights to sort of do that. Gordon, I'm not again a hundred percent. I think that I listened to Stephen Naismith. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he's correct. At the end of the day. You do what's right for your club. End of story. Celtic ain't going to do what's right for Hearts or take Rangers into consideration. They'll do what's right for their own club. Rightly so, I'm not arguing with it. Rangers are the same. Motherwell, we should all do what's right for their own clubs. If you feel that's the right way to go, then that's mm. fine. But you've got to accept it if you go the other way that you've got to be treated the same. So it swings and roundabouts. But, you know, a, a, like I say, Mark, a, a rule or a, a number, a percentage would, would stop this because I think we've agreed that it is, and I say stop, this is if it needs to be stopped, but it, 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 there is still something good about a, a relatively sizable away support yeah. in yeah. a ground. It does add... As to the occasion. To I, like I say, I think the players enjoy it as well. I think it's been part of your game for as long as I remember anyway, having away fans here. The difficulty is, you touched on it there, coming up, with a percentage that is reasonable and fits all. If you see a blanket 5% across the board, you take into Celtic Park and Ibrox compared to, say, McDermott Park, and then you've still got Celtic fans and Rangers fans complaining, we're only getting 5% of was McDermott No, Park. but you, that would be like the minimum. Yeah, well, you minimum, yeah, from uh, yeah, okay. But it would be nice for something to be introduced to stop... I think it's petty from club to club. I really do. I, and I know they'll come out where we're looking after their own fans. But it, it adds so much colour to our game. And when our product maybe struggles sometimes with television companies or to attract um, bigger television companies or competition within that market, then we need mm. all the help we can get. Yeah, and Stuart says, Hearts get what they ask for at Celtic Park, so that argument is wrong, which is maybe so, but Celtic cannot get what they're going to ask for at Tynecastle, <laughs> yeah. obviously, otherwise they would, they would be able to take thousands and thousands, and that isn't going to happen. So, yeah, on and on we go. Told you ticket allocations to get everybody going. Uh, well, it just shows you that the, the positive of that is, and I keep saying it, I've said it from day one, the crowds are coming back to the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if they've been away. It's just a phrase no, that you use. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll guarantee you, there are bigger crowds now. This has been this, this season, season than they've ever been. This season, I'm talking about. Yeah, 
You go and look okay. at that because I've done my research on it. Where did you look at that? Where? I look, I, where? I, I've done a lot of quote research. Your source. On, I'm not quoting my source. Who told you? And, and and you look at and I'm not talking about you know hearts and you even look at Motherwell's average home <laughs> attendance now, right? Do you know? Would be any different from last season? I don't know. Hab's 17,000. He goes to one game. He goes to one game and he's obsessed with 17,000. I've got it up. Okay, let's leave it there because it's that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. Mark Wilson, I think, got a zero in his last (laughs) appearance. That's That's why why you get another job. So we'll see how it goes tonight. If you want to play, it's a good time to do so. 01419511025 and the lines close at seven. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Wilson and Gordon Diel are here It's 0141-951-1025 You can give us a call Let us know what you're thinking Ahead of the return of domestic football You might still have some international stuff on your mind I, you know, I've got a little kind of log of I can see roughly what the callers are going to discuss Like mm-hmm. n- literally a couple of words I don't, There's always an element of surprise And But someone just phoned in and said Bumped into Gordon Diel at a train station on Saturday Wants a shout out <laughs> Div apparently What are you oh, doing at a train station Saturday? Div Day off on Saturday We, we were off yeah, did you? Oh you, in fact you told us this the other night you were, you were in Wonder Bar <laughs> <laughs> What is a man of your vintage Doing Wonder Bar Wonder Bar what was uh, your uh, assessment of Wonderbar? Oh, fantastic. Uh, got was this an afternoon I've just session? For an hour. An hour? An hour. Which hour? I was oh, in exactly. the evening. I was in doing a little bit of Christmas shopping and I met some Christmas Halloween. Oh, I like to be prepared. <laughs> Gordon be prepared. Dale and Wonderbar is the two most unlikely. They must been. have been devastated you were in there. He's firing shots just... at you because you've broke up now on a Tuesday. Oh, I ruined the brand of Wonderbar. Look around the b- it was m- they couldn't let him else in. It was mobbed. They, they work it about a dazzler's on town. <laughs> was it like when David Beckham goes to Japan? Yeah, and he's uh, exactly. that documentary like that everyone's bench. watching. But I've got to say, um, if do you remember meeting Div at the I train station? No idea. No. No. Was that in your way home or way in? I don't know. You'd need to ask him because <laughs> <laughs> if it's the way home, I'd like to see how he was. Well, was it with a, a Let's bag play... of chips? Or without oh, a bag of chips? <laughs> I'm glad you said bag of chips. You had me worried. Let's play beat the pundit. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time Mark Wilson got a zero The last time he played It was embarrassing for himself For his family, for his colleagues mm, yeah. uh, And he's barely over it So let's see what we've got <laughs> you tonight, tonight you George is in Guruk How's it going George? Not too bad, fam. I hope you're all well. Now, the vast majority of people, George, are phoning for the first time, but apparently you have beaten one of these two before. Is that right? I've beaten the Dazzler in a tiebreak, yep. Oh. When, was that a couple of years ago? <laughs> it was, yeah. That sounds, Gordon, because you used Tell to have me, real right. issues with the I, with I the was tie actually break. thinking about this other night. Hey, right, you want a ball, George, right? Yes. Why do you want another one? It's mate? the humiliation. But I'll tell you, Gordon, because my daughter Heather gave me twin boys and they both will need to get one each. Uh, what an answer. Ah, uh, George. Now, how bad do you know now? You were going to try, try and shoot him down. I was. I was going to absolutely destroy George. No, you can't. But, <laughs> um, answer. I think George just made that up. I think he knew I was coming back with that. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, congratulations, George. I hope you... 
have to phone in next week to get an handball. Heads, heads it's Mark Wilson. Oh, my God. It's a man full of confidence. It's a rematch. It's the Dazzler against George. One George. You could sign it from your uncle Dazzler. Come on, Dazzler. Right, what we'll do is give Gordon some greatest hits radio to listen to so he can't hear us. George, everybody should know the drill, but I am obliged to repeat it. 30 seconds, answer as many as you can. Pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Okay. okay. My apologies to anyone who's watching in the live stream. Rocky Balboa's got his hood up for some. It looks like Rocky's for the 1970s. No, do you know what he looks like, actually? He looks like. um... Oh, some sort, of, some sort of character from like a horror film, Star I know, Star Wars. That's what it is. Do you know what I mean? That man, Star Wars <laughs> knowledge isn't great. Darth right. Sidious. <laughs> <laughs> he does know. <laughs> that is that hoodie as well. Would he get a picture of that? That's exactly what he looks like. Uh, the, the, the old I'm in serious. I'm my wee boy would know this. Darth as well. Sidious producer Chris <laughs> is telling me. I don't know what that is, but Chris looks like the type of guy that watches Star Wars. Palpentine, is it no? Palpentine. This is where the poker players do. I've been watching. No, you're right. Chris is now saying he's wrong. You're right. I know, I know, I'm right. Is it me now? We've not started yet. What? He's unattractive. The Emperor. The Emperor. Give Gordon some greatest hits radio back again, and we'll get the clock ready for George. Your 30 seconds starts now. How many Celtic players started for Japan against Tunisia on Tuesday? Two. Philippe Clement and Gary McAllister played together at which club? Liverpool. In what year did the Scottish Cup final last take place away from Hamden? 86. In what city would you find McDermott Park? Yeah. Name any old firm player who scored a league goal off the bench this season. Fraser. Sheffield United are bottom of the English Premier League with how many points? Three. Who's got more Scotland caps, Kieran Tierney or Ryan Christie? Tierney. Okay, let's bring him back. Ready? Take that hood down. How? Just when I thought you couldn't look any more <laughs> ridiculous, you've gone and outdone yourself. Well done, my hair's got. Oh. Put, put me on camera, please. I need something. Get the cough sorted. Right, okay. right let's quick. go. He's he's looking. He's trying to give me a zero here. Your time starts now. How many Celtic players started for Japan against Tunisia on Tuesday? Three. Philippe Clement and Gary McAllister played together at which club? Uh, Leeds. In what year did the Scottish Cup final last take place away from Hamden? Uh, 2014. In what city would you find McDermott Park? Perth. Name any old firm player who's scored a league goal off the bench this season. Uh, Matondo. Sheffield United are bottom of the English Premier League on how many points? Sheffield United? Um, Ten. What's Sheffield United got to do with England? Oh, Premier League. I'm thinking Championship. What has that got to do with Scottish football? Who made that silly question up? They're not always Scottish football questions. Where have you been? You've played this game about uh, 300 see times. See if I get beat with that, that Chris. He's getting a foot loose. He's had a tough week, eh? I'm gonna. We need to tell Mark. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? He's saying, tell him it's my birthday. Don't take the oh, mic out when he says it's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not finished lot on him yet. Well, what do you think, George? I think Gordon's on fire. I think. Oh, I don't know about that, George. How oh, many Celtic know. players started for Japan? Kyogo and Hatati. <sighs> two. Well done to George. He goes one now. Oh, I'm go two. Philippe Clement and Gary McAllister played together at Coventry. Coventry. Oh, None of you got it right. Just in the road. The Scottish Cup final last took place out 
side of Hamden uh, in 2014, George. I must admit, he's, he's usually hopeless with the years. I was going to go 12. That's I was there, sitting I, on the bench. I, I, I know, I thought about you. So we're level, voted. we're level. Uh, McDermott Parks in Perth, easy one. You both got that. I'm going to come back to this for an element of suspense. Um, Sheffield United are bottom of the English Premier League on one point. It was never going to be like 10, was it? It was always going to be something dramatic. Like, hence uh, the question. 10, uh, 10, 10 points. Do you know, I actually thought by it was October a, and bottom of the league. It was a championship. What, wouldn't it have made any difference? Did George get that? No, he didn't. So it goes back to... No, not yet, because George got one more question oh, as well. George has got to win this. For Who's got more twins? Scotland caps, Kieran Tierney or Ryan Christie? Ah, uh, Kieran Tierney all It's Ryan Christie. And George got it wrong. Yes, George, boy. 43 to 41. Right, wow. get back to the decider here. Name any old firm player who scored a league goal oh, off the bench. Yes. You had the choice. How do you know he didn't yes. get it? Because he you've kept it for last. <laughs> yes, George. You had unfortunately, you'll need to break the news to the family. Would you like me come round and watch? You had the choice of <laughs> Kieran Dowell, <laughs> Lewis Palma, Abdullah Sima, Rabi Matondo. <laughs> uh, George went yeah. Dessers. Oh, oh, George. That's one of the worst answers. <laughs> George, George. Oh, that's a terrible answer. How's the family feeling now? They're all sitting there with you, disgusted looks on their face. That's Christmas rain, <laughs> Good man, George. Thank you very much. There we go. I'm lucky, George. Honestly, see, thing, the, the discussions I just didn't need to have, this stuff doesn't come across my radar. Ross Cowan says Emperor Palpatine and Darth Sidious are the same person. <laughs> oh, there we go. I are didn't even at, see that coming in the film. Did you even hear that discussion? No. Is this what you're laughing at? I just laughed. I'd like to jump in. <laughs> you were listening to Greatest Hits Radio. I know. You looked like a Star Wars character That's with your hood the, up. The listeners are having a go at you. Right, Producer Chris, that. can you get this character on the screen at some point so we can show him? Because he won't have seen it. It's not uh, laughing for you. See, when you're in the zone, in the zone. See, George wasn't in the zone. Oh, George hold on. Here's another great shout, actually. Paul Wilkie says he came into the living room just after making tea to see the Dazzler with his hood up. It was the double of Robert the Bruce's father in Braveheart. <laughs> I don't yes. know that. I'm just I'm laughing very at that. Good that's a great shoot. I'm, I'm just laughing, laughing at, at that, that one as well. I, <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> Tell me. Same face. There you are. There, that's you. There's Palpatine in the corner. <laughs> get, get Robert the Bruce's dial. The next <laughs> one. I think I'm that's not having that. If you're watching the live stream, you can see it in the corner. By the way, that's me meeting Div on Saturday at the train station. <laughs> that is exactly what you looked like with that head up. No, it wasn't. I can't really see that. To be um, I know it's his. I know it's his birthday, right? And I know you've got it in for producer Chris. So yeah. we'll we'll give him one more kick in, right? What about his What about his error on Tuesday? Mark Wilson won't know this. You do. You just get the worst memory of all time. So and I hope Andy Halliday doesn't mind me telling <laughs> the story. <laughs> this is superb. Honestly, honestly, you should see me afraid. So Andy Halliday, you know, he's a man who likes to look after himself. He's he's looking. He's getting the hair sorted yeah. and all that. He's the night before on Monday he had gone and got fitted you know these expensive retainer type things that yeah. people have various providers are available yeah. right very expensive right yeah um, so he comes in here on Monday he's got them Tuesday. in uh, Tuesday sorry and he was talking away quite the thing you couldn't really oh, notice sure. he but sure. he gets to the break and he said these are killing me he said, I can't talk concentrating on the radio <laughs> these are killing me so he goes and takes them out but he put them in a tissue and Chris binned them <laughs> <laughs> He sat them there, <laughs> and at the end of his show, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> he, st- he, he got to the door. His front teeth were nearly <laughs> down at the floor. <laughs> I don't know we kept an expect to go that way. Chris is watching the camera. He goes, 
what's, that? what's he left a tissue do? What's he left a tissue in front of the desk? So he's come in and it, somehow we've not noticed. He's grabbed the tissue, just in the bin. <laughs> I walked in and went, Have you seen ha- Halliday's teeth? I'm no Kenyan. He was in the bin. He's, His he's legs are sticking out the bin. <laughs> <to get him. laughs> Because the thing is, I mean, oh. he, he ended up getting him with pizza all over his <laughs> <laughs> And you know, the worst of it is, Andy noticed with about 15 minutes to go, but he couldn't see anything yeah. because I he was mean. just concentrating. And he said his head was gone. He couldn't concentrate on right. any of the show because he realised somebody stream. binned his teeth. And <laughs> I watched the live stream and I saw Andy saying something to you at the end of the show. That's what it was. was that what it was? I saw yeah. you. But did they not just find one at the beginning and then couldn't have found That's it? amazing. Chris, that is amazing. That's probably the best thing you've done on this show. It was well a, he's, 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 apparently it was a paper bin, so there were no real hygiene oh, issues. That's funny. What is Halliday doing, right? He's getting the wig, he's getting the big teeth, he's got the wig. He's get, Botox. No, just a, he's got, got Botox. a tummy suck. I'd <laughs> 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 be cheaper just changing his head. Wouldn't he? Just getting a head oh, transplant. Ah, these are just to be retainers. That's there's nothing. Oh, he was in agony. Uh, I've got oh, to say, what I heard them. Oh, I must have been devastated at that. Oh, it was funny. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Happy birthday, Chris. What age is that wee man? Chris. Aye. I don't know. He's about my age. I think early thirties. Early. T- yeah, he's 34 no today. Well, He's 34? He's he? more than 34. Mm. He's wrinkled all over the place with a pair of glasses <laughs> Who cares, Chris? <laughs> and his family care. <laughs> the, the, the listeners do. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Chris. Anyway, oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, oh, one four one nine five one one Good result for me. I'm, unbeaten. I'm undefeated. Can it get less? Undefeated since when? Undefeated. I'm, uh, you go and ask Chris last time. Jim is a Celtic fan on the line. How's it going, Jim? No, nah, I'm good, Gordon. Thanks a lot. What's good happening evening. tonight then? What are you Duke thinking? Gordon's in the legend. Oh, Mark's the legend tonight. Oh, That's yeah, a change. Yeah. Thanks. Mark is my hero. One of my heroes. <laughs> 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 That's quite That's a lot. Who am I near with them? Chad Uri and Andy Hinkle. I'll take that. Anyway, right, what are you uh, thinking tonight, Jim? Uh, I'm just thinking all the, the talk about Rangers, they, they come on. I know he's got his settle in and stuff, but Celtic aren't going to stand back and let and what's what Rangers are going to do, you know what I mean? I'm sure Brendan Rodgers has got a few tricks up his sleeve now that he's had time to go in and try and suss out the squad see what he can add to it. Uh, do you know what? I, I think Philippe Clement would probably admit that as well. I don't think, you know, he, he's been asked a few times this week about the seven-point gap and he's got this sort of that marathon and sprint analogy and he says there's, you know, there's no point in obsessing with... Celtic's pace we, we need to keep our own pace and hope that it's the same pace as theirs before we can sort of start clawing it back so I, th- I think yeah I think Philippe Clement is probably focused on his job because he's got a big enough job without well, worrying about Celtic doesn't well, he? he's got to be because he, he can't control anything that Celtic do he can only control what he's got in front of him um, but Jim's point's right about Celtic you know Brendan Rodgers still relatively new back into the role Um I think it's been impressive the start he's got. I know they had that that short result at Kilmarnock uh, and the draw at home to St George. But apart from that, it's been impressive, and I think gradually getting better. Uh, and sometimes breaks like this work again in his favour. Brendan Rodgers seems to be a guy who loves being on the pitch, coaching, and getting his ideas across. So this international break for the ones that were left behind, still time to implement ideas into them and that, that can only serve to, to get the team better. So, you know, it'd have to be an almighty step back from Celtic from what we've seen in the first, what is it, seven games or something like that, eight games, 
for Rangers to to bridge that gap. The only thing Clermont can do is when they come up against each other, is is win the game at Celtic Park. Come come New Year. The the, the thing I will say in that is, <clears throat> I don't know what he's meaning about this marathon. We'll go at our own pace. Celtic ain't going to come back at you. You're in because you're in to do a job mm-hmm. to try and catch Celtic. You try to close that gap. Michael Beale get sacked because of the way this gap was starting to go again. I think the point is more. We- don't get obsessed with trying to catch Celtic in the next couple of weeks. I think that's ultimately oh, no, what it no, means. Oh, no, and I, and I totally agree with that. But I would be obsessed with saying, well, we can afford to let them go on our three or four points in front. Because if we do that, then they can forget it. So you've got to be very careful of what you're doing. Look, you've got all the time in the world. Rangers have been manager after manager lately. They've got to go with someone. They've got to try and trust someone that's got to take them forward in the right direction. And everyone at Ibrox is hoping it's this guy coming can in. You, can you see Celtic kicking on after this international break, Jim? Yeah, I certainly can. Hopefully, we, uh, the, the time Brendan's had with the, the, the French players and whatever to help motivate his system, and that's what I can hope for. I'm very hopeful. Yeah, Mark, I think Brendan Rogers said himself he felt the commandment game, wasn't it, just before the. The break was at Celtic's last game, I think it yeah. was. It was the was the sort of most impressive attacking display. He felt they were that was the most fluid they had been. It was it was the high point of the season for him so far. So it only follows that he would be expecting that to be the start of something. Well, I thought so. The first half, the first forty five minutes in that game, I, I thought was the most attractive stuff that Celtic played. Scored two very good goals. Um, forget about what you thought about the offside decision Still two very good finishes After that They they created so many opportunities And should have been far out of sight And then we touched on it before The only problem that Celtic have at this minute Is they look vulnerable to something at the other end Which proved the case that day But they had it in their locker To step up and get another goal So uh, although they only got the three in the day It could have been much more and Brendan Rodgers will be pleased with the amount of opportunities, the positions these players get into in the command final third. It's what he's been building towards, something a bit more fluid, uh, a bit more joined together, uh, creating loads of chances. You just need to finish them all. Thank you very much to Jim. You can join in. Jim's in the hat for the tickets to air races. Every caller who makes it on air tonight goes into that hat. So give us a call right now, and we will speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson is here. Gordon Diel alongside him. And we are about to be joined by Scott on the phones. But let me quickly give you this first. The Full Time Teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride Th- at competitive oh, prices. Sorry, thank you to Liam McLean for sending this one in. Mm. It is tough. Oh. It really is. Before Billy Gilmore, can you name the last ten players who've scored for Scotland's men's team against a World Cup winning side? So before Billy Gilmore, can you name the last ten players who've scored for Scotland men's team against a World Cup winning side. McGinn. Against? <clears throat> Was it Spain? No, but who did score against Spain? McTominay. McTominay. Yes. Okay, good start. Uh, McFadden. Against? France. France. Yes, 2007. Kenny Miller. 
against Italy. I'll give you it, but you've not shown me the correct working it was against. Oh. Remember, it was his last Scotland goal. England? His, yeah. Really? Okay. Against England, August 2013. Who was that other one? We said McDominay. Mm. McFadden and Miller so yeah. far. Uh, as far back as John Collins? No. No, oh. not the last 10. McFadden is the furthest back. Mm, you've gone a bit quiet on me. I certainly have. Um, Gary Caldwell. Against two? France. No, because that was just before McFadden, oh. wasn't it? Same campaign, but just before. <clears throat> See? Uh, thank you very much to Paul, who's sent in a picture of Robert the Bruce's father in, um, <laughs> in Braveheart, which is a, a dead ringer for Gordon Gale. <laughs> yeah, when, when he had his hood up. Sean has. Sean's given us a really nice Photoshop job. He's put you straight into some sort of scene from Star Wars as well. Uh, I've never been a great are, are great in the computer. Uh, how do you? I know. What is it? Manipulate your face into. Uh, uh, right, we'll get back David to. David Goodwillie. Yes. Spain. Against Spain, October Good 2011. One. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, we've got plenty of time. Thanks again to Liam for sending it in, and it's full time at Clyde1.com. Com. In fact, in true um, full-time teaser fashion, because we sometimes do this, it's all of a sudden became the last 11. Because there is one more, there's a real obvious one. So if I've said that McFadden's the furthest back, let's call it 11, because there's a yeah. real obvious one since then. If we're talking Kenny Miller against... Lee Griffiths. There you go, Lee Griffiths against England. Okay, uh, right, let's bring in Scott, who's on the line. How's it going, Scott? Scott, can you hear us? Oh, good, Scott. How are you? Oh, not bad. Good. You're a bit quiet, but let's go with it and see how we get on. What's your point? Yeah, well, I about the caller last night that was criticising Tavernier and why he should be taking off captaincy. Mm-hmm. I was saying that that's a lot of nonsense. If you look at the guy's stats, obviously for value for money, for everything he's done for the club, obviously the run-up to Europa League final, he was a top goal scorer. If you took these stats away... Where would Rangers be there now? Yeah, this just keeps coming up. You know, mm-hmm. there seems to be a sizable portion of Rangers fans who genuinely thought Philippe Clement was going to walk in and remove Shipping. the captaincy. And to be fair, there are a lot defending that notion as well. Scott's clearly one of them. I think you've already dealt with it part, partly on Tuesday, Mark. What's your take? Um, well, I've got to think James Tavernier has been the captain of so many Rangers fans, uh, managers for a reason. Um, and, and Scott's point there, listen, he performs on the pitch. He's always fit, which always helps when you need a leader on the pitch. Like, I can understand fans' arguments that he's been there through a period where Rangers haven't been successful. And sometimes that, well, all the time that gets pointed at the manager, but quite quickly after that, it's who else can we blame? And it's it's usually the leader on the pitch. And if you're not a shouter, if you're not a guy who is theatrical on the pitch, like some captains or a lot of captains used to be, don't really get many of them now, then it, it allows people to point the finger and say, that's not the captain that we remember leading our club. So I get why fans are saying it, but I don't know what James Tavernier is like in the dressing room. He could be a huge influence as soon as the, the door shuts in the changing room. He could have the respect to every player in there. You know, we all know the senior groups within changing rooms that that run the dressing room in terms of the kind of law that goes on 
uh, what you're allowed to do, what you're not, a fine list, you know, even things like uh, organising, you know, trips or whatever it is, captains take a huge responsibility, not just on the pitch, and James Tavernier might be the best fit for that. But, like, he's never really let Rangers down on the pitch with his performances. Yes, he's defending, I've questioned, I think he's got better over the years, but is it enough for a, a manager to go in right away and just say, no, you're not a captain tight? I don't think he's done anything drastic to, to merit that. Now, Philip Clement might look him over the next month and might change his mind then because somebody might stick out in that group that Clement just thinks is better equipped at the job that he's got in mind going forward. Maybe that's the case. But I can't see him doing it this week for the game on Saturday. Are there, a, are there any early day decisions, Scott, that you hope Philippe Clement does take? Or maybe decisions is a bit of a strong word, but things that you think can be changed quickly, things that we'll see in, you know, initially. Is there any of those? Try and obviously get a game plan. Because Michael be obviously... I, I, I watch Rangers every week and I couldn't see his game plan. And I, I, I genuinely, I still don't know what his tactics was. So obviously, all we want to see is fast-blown football and attacking football. It's something that excites the fans, something that gets us off our seats, which hasn't been happening. And to me, obviously, I don't know how serious Lovelace's injury is, but to me, that boy should be back in the first team as soon as he's obviously back to be put. This idea about, you know, a clear style, is that... I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Mm. I just wonder, Mark, in particular, you, because you played a bit more recently than your colleague there, um, is, that, is that developed into a bit more of a recent obsession? Like I feel like even in my lifetime, easily I can remember I can remember successful Celtic and Rangers teams. But I couldn't really describe to you how they played. Really, spot on. Um, yeah, within there's no doubt about it. Within the last ten years, probably it's certainly in the forefront of every fan's mm. mind. Like, that's not just, wrong. I'm just not wrong at all. Look, I think the era Pep Guardiola coming in and changing things and putting a real imprint on his team where everything looks perfect and it's so attractive then I think that as mentioned it earlier every manager that comes into a new club what do you want to play I want to play attacking football possession based of course you do because it's the most attractive style there is but the most impressive formula or outlook or whatever you want to call it philosophy is winning games winning games buys you the time to implement whatever style you have so if you don't win games and you've got this style that you think this is the way forward if you keep losing you don't get any time to to put it down and, and show the fans over a six month year two year period it takes time so you need to win games by hook or crook and look Michael Bale had a year in the job and we all expected something to resemble a style the problem was that for Rangers fans it wasn't resembling anything and they, they were losing the big games if Comont comes in like, and plays a similar way but manages to win every game from now to you know the end of the mm -hmm. season you think the Rangers that, yeah. fans will be saying where's the style of course they won't because they'll have a piece of silverware they might well catch Celtic in the league they might go deep into Europe all with no real style but with a winning formula I think the, the important thing for him you talk about what style look it's not his players so he might have a different style that he's going to play when he gets the right personnel in that he wants, whether it be, say, for instance, two really speedy wingers. Michael Beale at the beginning didn't go for that. He wanted more of a, 
you know, that midfield and play, playing off a centre-forward. And then all of a sudden, when it wasn't working, Matondo came into the, the frame, Sima came in as well, and they started playing that sort of a formation. He'll need to look at and analyse his players and what's the best way to get the team playing going forward, scoring goals and winning games. So like a, a kind of quick fix first, yeah. moving towards yeah, I something. Think he's, I think he's got to look at what he's got personnel mm. and think, right, what is the best shape for these guys? How can I get them playing at their top level, whether it be 4-3-3 or 4-3-2-1, whatever, or a three at the back? He will need to analyse that. Then I think once he gets to the January situation, then when players get in and out, he can start introducing mm-hmm. players the way he wants them to play, but he's left with a group mm. of players. So I know it's entirely different, right? But I always thought it, the, the one kind of area that always made me wake up and realise how it's always a work in progress. Remember Ange Postacoglu come in, very specific way of working. And for the first part of that season, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic played in midfield with Callum McGregor and they actually were playing pretty well, but still decided they needed Matt Riley and Rayo Hatati in the January and that took... That kind of took it to the next level. So is it about just finding something first and then adding? I, I, I think you've got the, the cards you're dealt with just now. Remember, he's walking in. None, none of those players are his signings. Um, so he's then got to just analyse, right, OK, what suits this? Is it a back four that suit it? Is it better if I go with three and two wing-backs? Is it better if I go with two wingers? If I bet Two strikers up front? Rangers fans would be crying out for that. I don't know if he would get down that road. But just now, he will just mm. need to make that work for the players he's got. What about another Scott? This one in Paisley. How are we doing? Not bad, you. Evening, but evening panel. Good to have uh, you, Scott. What are you thinking tonight? I just want to make a point. Like, if you're a Rangers fan and you're sitting listening to this and you're sitting mocking the team left, right, and centre, you have a short memory, especially when it comes to Tavernier. You have a short memory. Tavernier led us to a Europa League final. Yes, we didn't get our way. But that was less than maybe two seasons ago. And we're sitting here calling for his head. That's the most success Rangers I've saw in the last four seasons. I don't so think people I don't Scott, I don't think people are really calling for his head, right? Because I think it'd be very hard to, I'm a Tavernier fan, let me say that first and foremost. But I think it'd be very hard to argue against his stats throughout the years as a Rangers player. I think what they're calling for is change of captaincy. And I don't agree with that because I think look Anybody could be a captain on the pitch. The days of, I think, the Richard Goffs of this world and it was at Rangers and great leaders, I think they're gone. You can have as many captains on that pitch as Mark quite rightly said. You don't know the example he's setting off the pitch in the dressing room, at training, everything that he's doing. But in terms of his stats and the way he plays as a Rangers number two, I think he's been as good as him. Number two? Like that? Yeah. Just a... Don't really you, know. ever, you don't need to refer to the right backs. I'm number, surprised he didn't add, as I like to call it. He usually does that before he goes, as I like to call Playing it, a number right, two. Right back there. <laughs> right, okay. I've never heard that <laughs> no used. Way. And I'll be happy to never hear it again. Because number to two be in football. Up. I wanted to be a number two when I was that growing up. That makes you think of the assistant manager. I thought you were on about. I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I wasn't talking about a player I didn't know his number because I had to make one up. Exactly. Um, Scott, same to you then. If, we're all, if everything's geared towards this weekend, what what's the first thing you want to see? What do you think is realistic? A win. Fair. A win realistic. Uh, a new manager coming in. Yeah, the team might 
we might see a different style of football under Clement. But I think obviously we're left. The obvious fact is that we're left with Beale's players. We're picking up the piece. We're still picking up the pieces for Gerard. And obviously, I think we have to make do with what we've got to now. I heard earlier on someone talking about Alex Lowry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree, leave the boy where he is. He's he's playing all right. Hearts, yeah, he's playing sporadically, but he's getting game time. He's getting better. So maybe in that, maybe one or two seasons, that the young boy will come back and he'll make an impact. Yeah, I mean, Mark. Again, tomorrow night show. Tune in because we'll. I'm sure we'll have a, a different. <coughs> you're right over there. Yeah, Good. sorry. Um, different availability list because one thing you would say is look, it obviously wasn't an excuse because it didn't keep Michael Beale in a job, but he clearly could have been doing with Todd Cantwell and Danilo and Tom Lawrence and a bit more from Kamar Roof and you know and the, Nicholas Raskin. He could be. He could have been doing with them So yeah. Raskin came back just before the break I think Cantwell maybe We'll get an update on that tomorrow um, And Danilo's been pictured with the, the mask. mask of Zorro yeah. on All that sort of stuff Well Danilo, the most recent one Probably scores a goal within What was that, 15 minutes And who knows what you're getting from him But he took his goal well So that may have just spurred him on But it, Michael Beale's three successes Jack Butland, Raskin uh, and Cantwell for me they, they were the three standouts that he'd signed now when you lose Cantwell the creative force the one that kind of made everything tick and we bit off the cuff what fans want to see fans really took to Cantwell then it's a problem so it's always going to impact you Philip come on if he's got them at his disposal then it's the ideal start for him he's got a full or almost a full quota to pick from Um and it's exactly the start you want as a new manager. Thank you to Scott. How are you two faring on this teaser? I can see people playing along at home as well. Matthew was on throwing in one that you've got, one that you don't. Um, before Billy Gilmore, the last 11 players to score for Scotland men against a World Cup winning side. Scott McTominay, Kenny Miller, Lee Griffiths, David Goodwillie, James McFadden. Is Paul Hartley one? Nope. Don Hutchison no. against Germany. No. Somebody is on here. Two are on here against Germany. Because remember, we played Germany Hello. more recently than that. Gordon Robertson. Strachan's era. Andy Robertson is on the list against England, England. in November Give 2014. Yeah. Um, against Germany? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember this one. Going off my nuts when this one went in. Oh, um, this is when we thought we were maybe on to something. With Wanger. this guy in particular, yeah. Um, Matt Ritchie? No, that was... Brian Fraser? No, no. Just before that. You're maybe thinking Matt Ritchie scored against Poland. Maybe Anya. thinking Anya. Tetchy Anya. Away. Oh, That's right. Yes, 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 Okay, yes. we'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Mark Wilson are here into the final part of tonight's show still time for you to call or tweet as we start that move back from the international week uh, to the domestic return at the weekend which we're very much looking forward to on tonight's teaser uh, Liam McLean is asking you to name before Billy Gilmore the last 11 players who've scored for Scotland's men against a World Cup winner, winning side. So like Scott McTominay against Spain recently, Andy Robertson against England back in 2014, Ikechi Anya did it against Germany, 
Kenny Miller against England, David Goodwillie against Spain, and how could we forget James McFadden against France? What about Harry Maguire? No, no. I see what you're. I see what you're doing there. But that doesn't make <laughs> any sense, does it? He's giving me a look like, what do you think of that answer? He's so chuffed to himself. One? Not really, because he says it was wrong. Talk me through that. That's a wrong goal, wasn't it? Right, so who did he score against? His own team, England, for Scotland, get the credit. So, <laughs> you want to give me that? No. No, I'm not having that. No? No. Snodgrass? No. Morrison? No. Uh, yes, James oh, Morrison. Oh, I'm having that. <laughs> I just assumed he was going to be wrong. Yeah. And that was the same England game as Kenny Miller. So you've got three to get. I think these are tough, so I'll tell you. One is Germany, one is Spain, one is Italy. So I don't know if that helps at all. Yeah. But we'll get them before the end of the show. Here is, the, I've got the perfect topic, right, that is going to like, we're straddling international football and, and into domestic stuff. Let's hear a bit more from Stephen Naismith. Uh, because he thinks Craig Gordon's got a good chance of being in Scotland's Euro 2024 squad upon his return to full team training. He's not played since his double leg break last December. Craig obviously gets some minutes in a game that we played, um, which is uh, the first kind of next step for him, which is brilliant. So he's now in that zone where he needs to get some minutes to just sharpen up. It's good for good for him, good for us, for everybody that's in and around the squad on the fringes of the national team. There's your target. Go and play well for now at the end of the season to get yourself in a, a, a Euro or give yourself a chance at getting in the Euro squad. I would say so. I think he's in the... Now he's at the stage of getting minutes. He just needs to... We need to get games for him to play in and, and, and build their minutes up. That gives him a good opportunity. We've got a few that have been in and around it who will want to do what they can to be in that squad. It's a very... Interesting period we've got coming up. Actually really looking forward to it. What a nice feeling it is to from now to... You know, the summer, sort of saying, oh, he's playing well, can he force mm. his way in? Is he doing enough? That sort of thing. But that one area there is going to be so interesting because if Craig Gordon is going to do it, he's going to have to force his way into the Hearts team, which means he's going to have to force Xander Clark out of the Hearts team, which means he'll probably force Xander Clark out of the Scotland team. Mm-hmm. That, that presumably is the way that would, that would work. It's got to be. Um, listen, football's not always that simple and different things could change. And, but it's going to be... Because Andrew Clark's not done anything wrong since he came into the Hearts team, but Craig Gordon's Craig Gordon, so it's going to be one to look out for, isn't it, in the next few weeks? Interesting battle. Stephen Naismith hits the nail on the head there. He's got to firstly find games to play in, um, get a bit of match fitness. There's no doubt about it, Craig Gordon's an extraordinary goalkeeper, and we will need all the help uh, we can get. Uh, I think we found a good goalkeeper on gun, but we need a decent backup. I don't know... I know Clark Clark so, Kelly. So you, don't, you don't think Craig Gordon can be Scotland's number one at the Euros? Uh, no. no, no, no. I think that would be a tall order. I think he would. He, he could challenge for number two, but like you said, Gordon, he has to deal with getting in his club side first. So it's incredibly harsh on one of those goalies who's who's not going to be there. Um, but he knows the task is in, in front of him. If he gets into that Hearts team. Um, Maybe just before the turn of the year, at the turn of the year, and holds in a place and plays well, then I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Clark takes him. You've still seven months this season, have you? Six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I don't think everybody fit. I think Gunn is certainly the number one. I think he deserves that. Um, and I think that, you know, just watching Steve Clark, I think he's very loyal to his players that have achieved so much. I know Craig Gordon's been a part of it. 
Unfortunately, huge part of it though. Yeah, got a bad injury, but I just think the times move on. I think the scenario was quite simple, and I think you made it perfectly right there. Was Andrew Clark his own club? If he can oust him for a number one spot, then taking Craig Gordon to the Euros in, in Germany, I think would be a very good move if he's playing well. Because you know, you know, Steve Clark, he's out there looking all the time. He might just find another gem. He might find someone else. Um, so it's up to every player to produce until um, the squad's picked. Mm. Shows you how cutthroat that is, though. You know, two players who goalkeepers are a special breed who, who train in an individual group together every day. And there's those two who who will be feeding each other in training, who will be giving each other drills to do, knowing that one of them is going to take the the number one shirt on a Saturday, which is hard enough to take, but possibly one of them's taking the number one shirt to go to Germany uh, or, or, or to challenge Angus Gunn going to Germany. Football is <laughs> a unique environment and goalkeeper and goalkeeper groups are unique within the full football group. So And even last night, you know, we had Liam Kelly on last night and he was saying it was actually great for us both because me and Xander grew up together Yoker running around mm. together, and it's great that we both got Scotland debuts on the same yeah. night. So there, there is, they're, they're all really close like that, but ultimately, it's cutthroat. Uh, it's it's the, the one position on the pitch that's. Would you take four goalies to a tournament? I don't, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, probably three. Three, probably. If you take four, then somebody else has to miss out, don't they? Somewhere else on the pitch. So I would think three. That'll be interesting. I really will be. Uh, delighted Liam Kelly was on the programme. Did he say, well, I must be number two because he got first pick, he got first half. That's the way Who did? Things, Kelly. He got the first half. Yeah, so he's number yeah. two. That's it was I a good story, though. You know, 10 days between facing a penalty against his brother really? to facing one against Kelly and Mbappé. Oh, bad, brilliant. Um, but anyway, all these guys, well, not Craig Gordon yet, I don't think, but will be involved as the Premiership returns. I like it when it's back on a Saturday afternoon. Missed it last week. We heard what he was up. You were away seeing Madonna. Madonna, aye. How was I it? Was. Um, oh, she was great. Listen, for the ticket price, uh, much, much. I would, the first 15 minutes of the show, the sound went. So it was like, a, I was like a Madonna like, stand-up. It sounds like something would happen <laughs> on the show. Like, she was <laughs> near an opening night. She came out and done a, a song and then the sound pulled and she was there just herself with a mic telling the stories with a bottle of beer. And I was thinking... Mm. That sounds absolutely wrong. Well spent. a few of my stories. But after that, oh, she was terrific. She certainly didn't look... Worth, worth the couple of quid you spent? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> she was not. terrific. Oh, <laughs> Did, have you seen how much it? I had no idea how much the tickets were until last the day after. I said, "How much were they?" Just uh, curiosity for the sound issues and that. I don't tell us the number. I'm not going to uh, tell you. She's but not for me. I close the blinds if she's playing at the back. Would you cross the road to the Civic Centre and go and no, see? No, I, I'm not a Madonna fan. <laughs> Joe Longthorne or Madonna was Well, it'll be hard for Joe now, uh, but <laughs> I've got to say I'm not a Madonna fan. <laughs> Seriously, come on. I'm not really interested in the Saturday night's event. I'm more interested in the Friday night's event because that's my cup of tea. Who mine? Yeah. Oh, I wait to see Ricky Gervais as well. Aye. Uh, you, get, you get a break, oh, seriously. I tell you what. What a life this guy lives. Oh, at the London Palladium. Was he good? Oh, he was magnificent. See, that Unfortunately, me. cannot repeat one word uh, on this show about uh, Ricky Gervais scene, but if you get the opportunity, oh, go see, you'd go. love him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched that programme with that. That's Life After Life. 
That's life. That's life. That's life. That's life. That's what I love people say. So, oh, it was a good weekend. I'm delighted for you. Uh, Forty the Thames, forty me with a coffee, and that new coffee. Oh, he was slaughtering you for your Instagram the other night. What are you slaughtering for? Saying just bored of your pictures. Everybody's slaughtering you. Surely Andy stuck up for me with his background. No, and influence. You take a photo of me, I'll take a photo of you next. Right, there's an after. You've gone from... Where's my golf club? Where's the big wheel? Where's the big wheel? You've gone from... Madonna and Gervais to DL and Keevans this Saturday. I don't, I don't know how that makes you feel, but we will be back with a bang. Right, you've got three more of the last 11 players to score a goal for Scotland men's team against a world champion. The last 11. So that Scott McTominay against Spain, Andy Robertson, James Morrison, Kenny Miller have all done it against England. Akechi Anya did it against Germany. David Goodwillie did it against Spain. Three more. Go. Mm. Maloney. No. I would just be guessing Nigel Quasi Right, no um, Barry Ferguson? Yes, against Italy in November 07 Ah, good That's it, I'm gone the, the Germany one was home game September 2015 Remember that was like I think we'd been drawn the night And it wasn't enough for some, Or we conceded late on I've tried to raise it from my memory um, But it wasn't enough for Ireland That was the camp that uh, the, the group that Ireland were in it And Germany and Poland It was at Hamden Centre half? No Dinner Ford. No. Dinner Hamilton Ackies. Think Hamilton MacArthur. Ackies. James MacArthur. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last one against Spain, October 2010. Remember, again, pushed them close. We were pushing the world champions close a lot in these games. This was Hamden. No. What if I said we've heard from him on tonight's show because he manages in the Scottish Premiership? Naismith. Stephen Naismith. Yeah. Oh, when they've got that. Thanks to Sliding Obviously. Wardrobe Solutions, <laughs> East Kilbride, for helping us out with the question. Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller tomorrow. Remember, you can catch up on the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch it back now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter by searching Clyde1SSB. Please like and subscribe. Uh, and you can stay there because Callum Gallagher is up next.